We must be invitational. All right, invitation is the beginning point for every person to find and follow Jesus. Invitation is the starting point for forgiveness, healing, joy, a new abundant life, and an eternity with Jesus. It all begins with invitation. And we're going to talk about it. I'm going to show you some scripture. What did Jesus and his disciples do? What is it that you and I should be doing if we're a believer? So John chapter 4 and verse 4, I'm going to read that first. And I want to show you that Jesus and his followers invited people into conversation. Everybody say conversation. All right, let's look. John 4, verse 4. Jesus, he had to go through Samaria on the way, and eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sakar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at this time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. And she said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. I'm going to stop reading there. Uh, This is a story that you hear me talk about often. Usually I go to the end of the story and I skip the start. But today I want to look at the start because this is a story about a woman who had a lot of past things that she wasn't proud of. She was in a place where she needed some help and Jesus knew it. But I want you to see that it all begins with Jesus inviting her into conversation. And he invites her into conversation by asking something that she's capable of. He has a real conversation about real things, about real life. I'm tired and thirsty. Would you please give me some water? Because I can see that you have what's needed to get water. You're here to get water. You obviously know this well and how it all works. He started a conversation that would change her life and that would change the lives of many in her village. But it started by him being willing to talk to somebody who his people weren't supposed to talk to. It started with him being willing to talk to a woman who many in her own village avoided because of her past. Because you see, as the conversation went on, they talked about, well, Samaritans worship here, Jews worship here. Jesus talks to her for a bit longer, and then he says, Go get your husband and come back. We'll talk some more is basically what he's saying. And she says, well, I don't have a husband. And Jesus, of course, by the Holy Spirit, knowing things that you couldn't know in the natural, says you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five husbands, and the person you're with now isn't your husband. And she's shocked. She goes, you must be some kind of prophet But also, there's a part of her that thinks, maybe you're the Messiah. And she says, when Messiah comes, he's going to do this and this. 
She was checking it out. And Jesus said, I'm the one. She goes back to her community and invites everybody. They come, they accept what Christ has done just the same as she did. But it all began with a simple conversation. And I want to encourage you, if you're a Christian, you already understand his salvation and what he's done, then you need to be willing to invite people into real conversation because you care. You see, it all begins with yours and my willingness to speak with others because we care. Jesus invited her into conversation and then he allowed Holy Spirit to become a part of that same conversation. You and I can do the very same. Look at John chapter 5 and verse 1. Here's another story that begins with a simple conversation. It says, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. All right, this is a powerful miracle that we read about that happened. And I want you once again to see that it began with Jesus inviting someone he didn't even know into conversation. Now, he asks him a question which actually has a pretty obvious answer. I want you to see this was an invitation for the man to converse. Let's face it, this is the pool of Bethesda. It's known that at certain times an angel would stir the water and those that were sick, the first ones jumping in would get healed. So sick people laid around hoping that it would bubble and they'd see it and get in. So Jesus comes to this pool. The guy's paralyzed, laying there. Obviously, he wants to get well. Is there anybody else able? You guys get that, right? Pretty obvious question. The guy was not laying there because he had nowhere else to lay. But Jesus wanted him to have a conversation. Jesus wanted him to speak with his own mouth what he was desiring. Jesus says, hey, uh, do you want to get well? A real conversation. And the man says, yeah, I do, but nobody is here to help me. Now, you need to think about this story for a minute. If he had nobody to put him in the water, how did he get there to the pool of Bethesda? There's a chance that he kind of lived there, hoping that he'd be the next. But with nobody to help him, he never got in. 38 years paralyzed. And one conversation where Holy Spirit is allowed to become part of that conversation changes his life. He makes it pretty obvious with his own words, yes, I want to get healed, but it's not happening the way I know how. And Jesus then says, get up, take your bed and walk. And with his words brings healing to a man who most definitely wanted to be healed. But it began with a conversation. You see, you can't walk around and just slap 
hands on people or tell someone, be healed in Jesus' name, they're going to think, this guy's crazy. It has to begin with a conversation. I actually said this morning, when you're conversing with people, talk about stuff that's real. You can't walk around with a big King James Bible and bang people on the head and tell them they got to serve God. It won't work. It's not a good idea. Now, I know none of us would take a big Bible and walk around and bang people on the head, but sometimes our attitude is like that. Oh, you're so terrible. Do you know the Bible says, thou shalt not. Are we trying to help people or let them know how smart we are? Simple conversation that shows you care is the way to start. Jesus invited people into conversation as well. His disciples did the same. I want you to understand something. If you're a believer, you've asked Christ to come into your life, forgive you, and uh, he's a part of your life now. Every conversation you have has the potential to bring a miracle. Now, that doesn't mean every conversation will, because not everybody's willing or wanting it. But do you know that every conversation you have has the potential to change lives? If you know that and believe it, you will begin to see and have your eyes open to realize, hey, this person wants what I have. But it will begin with a real conversation. You cannot be afraid to move into conversations about spiritual things if someone is ready. Sometimes too often... We're in a mindset, well, I don't want to offend anybody. Maybe they don't want to know. And, you know, I'm at work on coffee break. I'll just act like all the rest of the guys so nobody knows. I just won't swear. But I'll never talk about what I believe. You know what? I truly believe you should never push what you believe on anybody. But start conversations. And if someone's willing, don't stop short with the weather. Have that conversation. If that person is wanting prayer, forget about yourself and pray. You could change a life. But it begins with a real conversation. So invite people into conversation and know that every conversation you have has the possibility to bring a miracle. Get ready for it. Expect it. And don't stop short. And there's nothing wrong with talking about the weather. It's a great conversation starter if you need to know. But don't stop there. All right, Jesus and his disciples also, we're talking about invitation. So, so far I said, invite people into conversation. Also, Jesus and his disciples invited people for lunch. Yeah, I know that you thought this was going to be all about church. They invited people for lunch or maybe for our terms to spend time with them. Because you see, lunch for them was not a one-hour deal. They didn't have microwaves to start with. You know, lunch was a lot bigger deal back then. And they were inviting people to spend time. Look at Matthew 14, verse 16. Now, this is a mass lunch I'm going to tell you about. But it shows the heart of Jesus and his followers to feed others, to meet a physical need, and to spend time with others. So, verse 15. That evening, the disciples came to him, Jesus, and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people, sit down on the grass. 
Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted and afterward the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. So Jesus shows, hey, I care enough about people. I want to meet a physical need. Let's give them lunch. Let's be willing to invite people to spend time with us and yes, to give them lunch. So, but that's a cultural thing that I believe we can get back into. Now, I know for two years you've been told, don't do that. It's bad. It's unsafe. Thankfully, we are out of that. Yes. And once again, you don't have to be afraid to spend time with people, to invite people to your space. And yes, for lunch or dinner or whatever you call it, be willing. You know, there's a story in scripture one time where Jesus actually invited himself and some of his followers to have lunch at somebody else's place. Now, Jesus did it, but I'm going to read you the story and you'll see that there was a reason Jesus did it, okay? And there was a reason it worked. Part of the reason, I'll just say before I read the story, Jesus was well known at that time and it was an honor to have him at your home, Okay? So I'm going to say to you, don't invite yourself to somebody else's house unless they're going to consider it an honor, okay? All right, now let's read the story where it happened. Luke 19 and verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. And when Jesus said, I must be a guest, he meant himself and a few followers with him. And he was saying, we're going to come eat. But another version, he actually says, we're going to abide at your house today. Once again, their lunches were not a one-hour deal. They were going to hang out at this guy's house for most of the day. Jesus invited himself there. Now, Zacchaeus, it says in verse 6, quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He had gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Uh, Verse 9, Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. So, we can clearly see from this that Jesus loves short people too. Okay, I'm just making sure you guys are listening, okay? That is not the main focus of this, but he does love short people. I remember as a kid in Sunday school, it sure seemed like the focus was all on about how this wee little man, anybody else, long time, you had that in Sunday school, they sang that song about Zacchaeus? Anybody? Oh, some of you missed out. I'll have to sing it for you. It goes like this. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up. Anyhow, that's how the song goes. 
As a kid, all I could think of, boy, this guy must have been tiny. But anyhow, that is not the main focus of this story. The main focus is that this was a really bad sinner. That nobody went to his house because they all hated him. He was a hated tax collector who stole from his own people to get rich. There was nobody going to his house, but Jesus shows up and says, we're going to your house. We're going to come as honored guests to your house, the house nobody would choose to go. So that's why he invited himself to Zacchaeus' house. And Zacchaeus was overjoyed. So are we willing to be invitational even to people who other people don't like? Now, I would suggest inviting people to your house or maybe to a restaurant. You know, don't invite everyone to their house. But in this case, it was important and it was necessary. People need what you and I have. They need to feel the love of the Lord. They need his forgiveness no matter how many bad things they've done. And you and I have that answer for them. Luke 10 and verse 38, there's some times where Jesus was invited to other people's homes. Obviously, they knew, hey, if we can have Jesus at our home, it'll be a blessing to our home. We know that miracles happen when he comes to people's homes. So there were often invitations for him to come. And he said, yes, I'll go. In Luke 10, 38, we read one of those. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. So Jesus actually visited Martha and Mary's home often. And of course, you maybe remember the story where Jesus raised somebody from the dead. A man named Lazarus, that was the brother of Martha and Mary. And it says that Jesus loved them. They loved Jesus. He came to their house for lunch often. You see, there's a connection that happens when you're willing to invite people to spend time with you. And especially to eat with you. If you're willing to do that, connections are made. Strong friendships. But yes... It's going to cost you something. It'll cost you some groceries. It'll cost you some time. But it's worth it. So be willing to invite people into your space, into your house, or in a place where you want to feed them. Luke 7 and verse 36 is another story about Jesus being invited. It says, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. Now, in this story, many people came to hear Jesus because, you see, if someone was going to invite Jesus and his followers, they would ask him, you know, could you come on this day? And when he said, yes, he was coming, they would talk to all their family, all their friends, and tell them, you've got to be there. Jesus is going to come. You've got to hear him. If there's anybody sick in our family, bring him because he's going to heal them. You've got to come. So the invitation was a big deal. And they would show up, and when they showed up, Jesus would teach them, and often there would be miracles. Well, in this story in the Pharisee's house, as Jesus is uh, seated or reclining at the table, because in those days they didn't have tall tables with big chairs, they would eat on the floor. So they'd often just be sort of You know, one arm down, you're eating off a very short table or even uh, right on the floor. So Jesus was doing that, and 
a woman comes up behind him and she's crying and the next thing she's wiping his feet with her hair and her tears. And the Pharisee who's invited Jesus is like, if he had any idea who this woman was, he would not allow her to do that. Now we won't go into how come he knew who the woman was and how come she knew where his house was. We won't even go there. But obviously there was something happening. And Jesus knew his thoughts by the Holy Spirit and he says to him, Simon, this woman has been washing my feet with her tears and her hair. I came to your house as a guest. Nobody even washed my feet. You see, it was custom in those days that if you came to someone's home because you were walking out in the dusty, dirty trails, that if you came in, somebody would wash your feet because you were the guest. Nobody did. But this woman did. And Jesus goes on to explain that she's been forgiven so much. And she is showing her love because she was forgiven. And he says, to those that much is forgiven, there's much love. All right, so when he went places, when he was invited, when others were invited to come, somebody told that lady he would be there. Her life was changed completely. And it began with an invitation. An invitation for Jesus to be part of that lunch. Church, when you invite people to your home or out for lunch, make sure you invite Jesus to be part of it. Don't be afraid to pray for your food. Don't be afraid, afraid to say, Lord, do whatever you want by your Holy Spirit while we're together. And then be ready, because he will. And finally, we see that Jesus so felt it was so important to have the invitation for a meal that in Revelation, he actually uses it as a picture of salvation. Let me read you the verse. Revelation 3, verse 20. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Maybe you've seen, there's a famous picture of Jesus standing at a door knocking that you'd sometimes see hanging in churches way back in the day or in people's homes. That comes from this verse. And Jesus himself is saying, having me be a part of your life, accepting forgiveness and salvation is like me knocking on the door and you invite me in to eat with you and become your friend. You guys inviting people to spend time with you, to eat with you. It may be a big deal. I know we're in a culture that's busy. Our homes are busy. But I'm going to tell you this. You want to help? change someone's life, be willing to invite them into yours. It's far more than just telling someone, you know, good to see you. Oh, you should show up sometime. No, invite them to be part of what you do. And I can tell you this, lives will be changed. And finally, Jesus and his disciples invited people to come with them on a journey. Now, we've been sharing for quite a while already, and I'm now getting to the part of where you can be inviting someone to where you go to church or to your life group. Inviting them not to show up, but to go with you. And to go with you on a journey that is amazing. Listen to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers... Simon also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, 
for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. So Jesus invited them to go on a journey with him. You and I shouldn't be just inviting people to show up at our church, but are you inviting them to go with you on this journey of serving God? Our mission help people find and follow Jesus. You see, we're saying, yes, we want to do that. We're willing to bring someone alongside us in the journey we're on. Interestingly, Jesus said to those men when he called them, I will show you how to fish for people. You ever wondered, what, is what does it mean fishing for people? Now, we kind of get the idea, well, he means like bringing people in to follow him, his kingdom, right? When I was preparing this, I really feel like the Lord clearly was saying to me, do you know what fishing is for people? It's inviting. It's that easy. In other words, inviting is the same as fishing. When they threw a net, they were expecting to bring in fish. When, they, when you go out and you use the fishing rod, now they didn't use fishing rods like us, but you use the fishing rod, inviting is fishing. So do you want to get better at seeing family members, loved ones come to know the Lord? Get better at inviting. Figure it out. Like, oh, I don't know. That, that seems like, shouldn't like God just do it on his own? Funny thing, I read this book a lot. He gets people involved all the way through. And he said when he can't find someone, he goes looking elsewhere. When someone tells him no, he finds somebody else. You and I are supposed to be involved in this. Do you know how to invite people into conversation? Do you know how to invite people to have lunch? And do you know how to invite people to be part of your journey, your church, your life group? If you don't, then we need to get better at it. You're like, well, but hey, is anybody here fish? Anybody here fish on the lake or the river? A couple of you do. You know what? You have to learn how. You can't just go out there and do whatever you want and expect to catch fish. Well, how do you learn? Well, you could read up on it if you wanted. You could go to the old guy who seems to be pulling out fish nonstop and you're not and ask him, how does he do it? And he'll show you. Are you willing to learn how to be invitational? Now, maybe you're like, well, I'm not much of a talker. Well, there's ways to invite that don't need a lot of talking. Or maybe you're like, well, when I talk to people, they all run away. But hey, there's little things that you and I can do to really show people we care. And our invitation is important. Now, I do need to say this. If, if you were invited by someone today, you are not a fish, okay? I need to make that clear. Please don't think that. This is just what you would call a parable or an example to help people understand the spiritual side of things by using a natural picture. You are an important person to God. He cares about you unbelievably. And if someone has invited you, I hope they invited because they cared about you, not because they thought it was a duty. Church, don't invite people as a duty. If you're inviting people here, it's because you actually care about them and you actually believe they'll receive something from the Lord. Okay? So I want to make that really clear so we don't get too lopsided or you misunderstand what we're saying. John 1 and verse 45. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. 
His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. So Philip invites his friend to go on a journey with him following Jesus. He invites his friend and lets his friend know you need to come see for yourself. You need to understand that often people who don't know Jesus don't even know they're welcome at church. They may think it's just for certain people or it's a club or you, know, you have to do certain things to be allowed. There's a community of people in Slave Lake that maybe don't know they're even welcome here. Or maybe they've had an experience in the past where a religious person was really mean to them and they don't think it would be good. You see, Nathaniel, he thought everybody from Nazareth was like the people he met from Nazareth, apparently. Nothing good can come from there. Aren't they all just poor sheep herders in Nazareth? Maybe there's some people around your life that have a bad taste for church. You need to invite them. Let them know they're welcome. Let them know that no matter where they're at in their life, they're welcome here. Because that's what we're called to do. Be invitational. And remember, when you're inviting people, you're inviting them to come with you, not on their own. You can't invite someone to church and not show up yourself. That would be really rough, right? Oh, you should come to my church. I go there about once a month, but you come whenever you feel like it. What? It should be important enough to you that you show up as well. And if you're going to invite someone to church, let them know what time you're going to be there with them. You know, the odd time I have people show up that were invited and they're like 10 minutes early and the person that invited them is like 10 minutes late. That's awkward. You're going to invite someone, tell them what time you're going to be there and be there with them. Because we don't invite people to this building. You're inviting people to go on a journey with you. All right? Everybody get that? It's way better to do this together. Your invitation has the ability to transform a life now and for eternity. So you being willing to invite can do far more than you'd ever imagine. You see, when the Lord gets involved, the rest is up to him, but your invite is so, so important. John 3 and verse 16 says, This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You see, what we're giving to people is for here and now, for forgiveness and for the abundant life that God promised, but also it's for eternity. For eternity, they can spend it with the Father. What you're inviting people to is real, it's powerful, and it's life-changing. Do you believe that? Because if you believe it, You'll want the people you know to experience it. Being invitational, if you're a believer, means inviting people into conversation. Inviting people to eat with you or spend time with you. Inviting people to the church to go on a journey with you. Now maybe today you came and you're new to this. Maybe you've not experienced this before and you're wondering what it's all about. You know, we want you to experience salvation. We want you to have Christ forgive you so that you can be a part of this journey with us. And so every time we have a service, I like to take opportunity to pray. Because the Bible says it's very simple to have Christ forgive your sin. 
In Romans, it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's that easy. So if you're here today, maybe for the first time, and you've not accepted Christ as your Savior, you've not asked him to forgive your sin and come in your life, we're going to give you opportunity to do that. We're not going to call you out or embarrass you. We're just going to do it as a group right where you're sitting. And we're going to ask others to be a part of it. So if that's something you're like, yeah, I'd like to do that, then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And you can repeat this prayer after me right where you're seated. And I'm going to ask my congregation to join in so that nobody feels that they're being singled out. But if you mean this to the Lord and you repeat this prayer, you can trust that he saves you, that he forgives you. So repeat this prayer after me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I ask you now, forgive me for all I've done wrong. Make me new. Use my life. Amen.